and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Amen, everybody. Welcome to the Remnant Call. I am your host, Brother Frank, and glad to be here with you. Uh, I don't know about you, but I am excited. We are into uh, beginning to go into New Year's this week, so probably everybody gets an extra day off of work, which is good. But we are going into a different year coming up in the United States of America. Uh, you know, from a business perspective, things are looking good in the economy. From the world perspective, things are not looking so good right now. We are not on everybody's most popular list. And, folks, we are going into trying times, and don't let business prosperity get you at ease. Uh, because when they still say peace and safety, that is when sudden destruction will come. We need to be about our Father's business. We need to be ready because Jesus is coming soon, and he's looking for a church that is without spot or wrinkle, not backslidden, carnal, living one foot in and one foot out. But God is looking for a people are committed completely to him. I didn't say you are perfect, but you are committed and you're giving your life to Jesus. And then he will take the care of the rest, folks. That's God's job. He's the one who says he heals the backsliding. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to seek him with all of your heart because he rewards those who shall diligently seek him. Well, folks, this is the culmination of a four-part. Uh, it's not necessarily a four, one, two, three, and four, but it has been a four-part message that's all tied together, uh, starting out with um, Jerusalem, a cup of trembling, then into Babylon, 70 years of rain, and then the second exodus. Wow. Loved last week's show. If you didn't get the second Exodus, you get, well, just go back to Jerusalem, a cup of trembling, and just go all the way through, and you'll be glad that you did. And tonight we are coming, bringing Brother Benjamin back to conclude these messages and kind of shut out the year with an exciting show on the Lion of Judah. Well, folks, I'm not going to keep you waiting much longer. Let's get into this show. Brother Benjamin, are you here with us tonight? Hey, Frank. Good evening. Amen. Brother, glad you are here. Well, Benjamin, this has been quite a uh, month-long journey, hasn't it, in the last few episodes? There's been quite a program that's gone on here. Well, praise God. Amen. You know, the Lord is so good to bring continued encouragement. You know, He's um, an amazing God, and He's bringing forth some amazing insight into the prophetic scriptures which truly were sealed up until the time of the end. And, and the unsealing of Bible prophecy really has been a progressive revelation. You know, 30, 40 years ago, people, you know, thought they understood Bible prophecy. <laughs> you know, you might as well read the fictional account, and, and that was about as accurate. So, but here, as we approach the, the, the fulfillment of these things, the Lord continues to unveil, to unseal, if you will, the books. So, praise God. Amen. Well, Benjamin, why don't you start us out with a word of prayer tonight as we kick this uh, episode off? 
Amen. Lord, this episode is dedicated to you. I pray that you would bring forth a word for this season to reveal unto your servants that which you are about to do, that we might have faith and have good courage, for you're with us, Lord, and you've promised that you're going to come as our mighty deliverer. So I pray that your Holy Spirit would anoint my words, anoint this message, and let it bring forth a rima word of truth filled with the power of your Holy Spirit to break the bondages of fear and deception off of your people. Lord, that you would be exalted and that your people would be strengthened and comforted in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, Benjamin, please take us on what the Lord has uh, laid on your heart, and just even getting a message right here in the chat room, brother, people are glad to hear you back to the normal-sounding Benjamin. It's interesting. You did these uh, great programs while under heavy sickness, and so we're just glad that you're back and doing better. Oh, amen. And to the, to the people that are listening that are part of the the prayer army, or, or people that were intercessors that prayed for me. God bless you. May the Lord bless you mightily. I honestly spent three days in what I could only describe as Jonah in the belly of the whale. And um, I'm so glad to be delivered by the mercy of God. And, you know, the Lord actually, my healing really came the final day of the, of the season of Hanukkah. So... I praise God. And, uh, you know, praise the Lord. There's good things coming. But let's get into the scriptural teaching regarding the ministry of the Lion of Judah. You know, the Lord is, he refers to himself as both a Lamb of God and a Lion from the tribe of Judah. And, of course, we're all familiar with uh, the ministry of Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God. And, you know, for 2,000 years, the that the churches and, and the, the ecclesia of God have, have taught and, and have exalted and proclaimed the ministry of Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God who, who came to give his life a ransom for the many and to, to die on the Passover as a perfect sacrifice so that our sin could be covered and so that we could be washed in the blood of the Lamb and that we could be redeemed, delivered, and, re- and redeemed from the, from the slavery of sin and the tyranny of Satan, and that we could be restored to the kingdom of God. But the Lord also has a ministry as the Lion of Judah. And this ministry is perhaps, if you will, the sealed part, the part that was not commonly understood. And, you know, and to a great extent, the Gentile church over the last 2,000 years couldn't quite comprehend that the ministry of the Lion of Judah would be dramatically different than the ministry of the Lamb of God. And so as the books are being unsealed, now we're beginning to see into the revelation that was always declared in the prophetic writings. But I want to start actually in the book of Revelation in chapter 5, and and this is going to be a very, there will be a lot of, word and a lot of scripture to declare the ministry of the Lord in this hour. And, and of course, scripture is our authority, and, and it is the scripture that declares the awesomeness 
of what the Lord is about to do. But I want to start in Revelation uh, chapter 5. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and without or on the backside. And it was sealed with seven seals. And of course the prophetic writings were sealed. And this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the revelation of the prophetic writings that have been sealed from the beginning by God until the time of the end. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open this book and to loose the seals thereof? And there was no man found in heaven, nor upon the earth, or under the earth, who was able to open the book, neither to look therein. And I wept much, because no one was found worthy to open the book and to read the book, neither to look therein. And one of the elders said unto me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion from the tribe of Judah, who himself is the root of David, he has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as if he had been slain. And he had seven horns of power and seven eyes of wisdom, which are the seven spirits of God that are upon him. And they are sent by him forth into the whole earth. And he also has a seven-year ministry that is about to begin the second half of. And he came, and he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of the prayers of incense of the saints. And they sung a new song, singing, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and has made us unto God both kings and priests, and we shall reign upon the earth. And so this is the, the conclusion. After Jesus was resurrected from the dead, having overcome the world and the devil and, and the curse itself, the Lord being raised from the dead, after his ascension into heaven, here's the scene that occurs. He has now fulfilled his ministry. as the Lamb of God. And now he's going to be given the power to open the seals of the mystery of God, which was sealed into the prophetic writings from the beginning of creation. And part of that mystery is he's going to make the servants of God into kings and priests, and they will now begin to reign on the earth. Now some would suppose this is in the great by and by after the second coming, but I'm going to show you tonight from the revelation of Holy Scripture that the reigning of the Lord comes with the beginning of his ministry as the lion from the tribe of Judah. He no longer comes as a servant. He's coming among us now as God and as King of kings and as the Lord of lords. And he's coming to tread the winepress of the wrath of Almighty God in the judgment that's about to begin. But he's also coming first and foremost to save his remnant. The number one thing on the Lord's heart right now is coming to deliver his remnant. The wicked can wait. They're not going anywhere. The very first order of business that the Lion of Judah will attend to is the salvation of his holy remnant. And praise God, the Lord has been so faithful and so good unto us. 
want to read a little bit more from the book of Revelation regarding the ministry of the line of Judah, and then I'm going to show you throughout much of the prophetic writings the declarations of the ministry of our God as he comes to fulfill the second half of his seven-year ministry upon the earth. And this ministry is declared in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, where we are told he will confirm, he will enforce, he will make perfect the covenant which was made with the many for seven years. And of course, all of the modern teachers teach this was only the ministry or only fulfilled by the Antichrist. Well, they do err in many ways. And the time for them to sit down and be silent is coming soon. If any man wants to teach in this hour, let him come forth as an oracle of God, or let him not speak at all. But this prophecy of the confirmation of the covenant of seven years is a prophecy of the ministry of the true Messiah, who confirms the true covenant that his father made with Abraham and with all of his children, who would be counted among the ecclesia of God. And the ministry of Jesus Christ is to confirm, to fulfill and to perform the covenant of our salvation. And he did the first half coming as a man, even though he is God. And he came as a servant, even though he's the king of kings. And he died for our sins, even though he's the eternal one who liveth forever and ever. He died in the flesh as a man, but death could not hold him. So he rose from the grave, and he ascended on high. And now he has the book in his hands, and he's about to open the scrolls. And the revelation to be revealed is that God has called us, his remnant, to walk with him in this time as both kings and as priests forever. For we come in the authority of the Lord. They wear, actually, let me quote this precisely, they bear, they carry the burden of kingly and priestly robes. This is the anointed remnant through which the Lion of Judah will come in his people before he comes in the clouds. I'm reading from Revelation 14. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion, and with him a hundred and forty-four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. Their minds have been redeemed by the word of God. They've been renewed and redeemed, and now they've been sealed by the very name of God written into their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven is the voice of many waters and is the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harps harping. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn this song but the 144,000, which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which are not defiled by the woman Babylon, for they are spiritual virgins and they are pure before the Lord. These are they which follow the Lamb wherever he goes. And these were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. They were the first harvest, the first to come to complete maturity, the first to enter into the fullness of our salvation, which is that we become as the Lord. We shall be as he is. He created us in his image. He's redeeming us unto himself, and we become as he is. Of course, the servants of the beast, they become as the God they serve. They turn into demons and devils. And they share the eternal judgment of the God they followed into the abyss. We share the eternal reward of the God that we followed unto eternity to the holy city.
thus we are the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile. There's no false teaching. They do not come forth teaching prophetic error. They don't teach false doctrine. They don't teach error to deceive the people. They teach the true Rima word of God. And therefore they are without fault before the throne of God. And I saw another angel. This is the anointing. This is the birth of the man-child. For those who can bear witness, the man-child who is given the authority to rule in this time is the 144,000. And this full anointing will ultimately be shared by the entire remnant during the time of, uh, that the scripture calls Jacob's trouble. And after the birth of the man-child and, and the appearance of the 144,000, in verse 6 I read, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory unto him, for the hour of his judgment has come immediately following the birth of the man-child, immediately following the woman in travail giving birth to the child that has been appointed to rule the nations with a rod of iron. And this is during the three-and-a-half-year tri tribulation, my friends. This is the ministry of the Lion of Judah in his people, where he gives them the kingly and priestly robes to wear and an anointing without measure. And having been completely redeemed, they are now transformed into the fullness of our salvation, and thus they follow the Lamb wherever He goes. But He's no longer going to go forth as a Lamb. Now He will come forth as a Lion of Judah. Only He comes first in the people before He comes as the righteous judge of eternity. And so the Scripture declares, immediately upon the, the birth of the 144,000, the hour of God's judgment has come. Therefore you are to worship Him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountain of waters. And there followed another angel declaring, Babylon has fallen, it has fallen, the great nation-state that ruled over the kings of the earth at the time of the end, her 70-year rule has ended, and now she has been destroyed, for she made the nations drunk with the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Babylon has already been destroyed. The announcement of the permanent, the eternal judgment, the final judgment of God has begun. Babylon has already been ruined, and the 144,000 are now being sealed. And then the third angel came with a warning. If any man worship that beast or his image and receives the mark in his forehead or his hand, you shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which will be poured out without mixture, without limitation, into the cup of his indignation and they will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment will ascend forever and ever, and they will have no rest, day or night, those who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receiveth the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they who keep the commandments of God and have faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and that their works do follow them. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown. 
and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle, and reap, for the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud, he thrust his sickle onto the earth, and the earth was reaped. So all of this will take place. Revelation 14 is showing us the anointing and the birth of the man-child, followed immediately by the declaration, the judgment of God has come, Babylon has already been destroyed in the great war, a warning to not worship the beast because the Antichrist kingdom is rapidly rising to power, an admonition to the saints to be patient, and then the picture of the Lord beginning to reap and judge the earth. That's this a prelude to the ministry of the Lion of Judah. But it's, it's so, at times, hard to read, to understand, to get a sense of, of the, the mind of the audience, the mind of the listeners, whether they are getting this or not. You know, I've, I've tried to teach patiently, you know, pastors and elders, scholars, men who were, were you know, theologians in the Word of God, and I tried to tell them, you know, the Lord has a seven-year ministry in the earth, and they're just like, wow, I just can't wrap my head around that. And I'm like, what part of this is confusing you? Seven is his number already. And in the first ministry as the Lamb of God was three and a half years. Is it really that hard for you to comprehend that the Lord would also have a ministry as the Lion of Judah? I mean, is that is that out of reach, and that that ministry as well would be three and a half years, and and that he's coming not as a man, but he's coming as God, and not as a servant, but as a ruling king. And he's not coming in the flesh himself, which is simply amazing. God became born as a man. I mean, this is incredible, but he's going to top that this time. He's coming as God in his people. And, you know, everybody's brain just goes tilt. What do you mean, God in you, the hope of glory? Well, do you guys remember that verse, Christ in you, the hope of glory? You know, is, is the God of the universe in you? Well, he's been doing a really good job of hiding the fact that he's in his people. He's about to come out of hiding. He's coming out of his place to terribly shake the earth, and he's first coming out of his people who are the anointed remnant. Numbers chapter 23, verse 24. Behold, the people shall rise up as a great lion, and they will lift themselves up as a young lion, and they will not lie down until they have devoured the prey and drunk the blood of the slain. So it, this is all the way back to the book of Numbers, a prophecy that the people of God would one day rise up as the Lion of Judah. Isaiah 32, verse 1, Behold, the king shall reign in righteousness, and his princes shall rule in the judgment. Who's going to rule during the judgment? The princes. Who are they? It's the anointed ones. The Lion of Judah, as king of eternity, is now putting an anointing without measure upon the princes of Israel, who are the 144,000, and they are coming to rule during the judgment of the day of the Lord. Now, Satan's version, which all of you guys were taught by all the prophecy teachers, was basically, God needs to uh, you know, evacuate the church out of the day of the Lord because he can't protect his people, or he doesn't, he's, somehow he doesn't want to protect his people through the judgment, and, and Satan is going to win the last 
seven years of human history, and, and not until the very last day when Jesus comes is the enemy defeated. But that every teaching, every doctrine that the devil brought forth onto the church is a lie. This is a generation, however, that cannot bear sound doctrine. So many, many people will you know, turn off the program. They, they can't handle the truth. They want to stay in the, you know, in the fantasy world, the fictional version of Bible prophecy. It says in the scripture, men will no longer endure sound doctrine. They don't want to hear the truth. Rather, they will turn to fables, to fictional accounts of Bible prophecy. And so the best-selling book on Bible prophecy was a novel called Left Behind. Rather than studying the scriptures, people are reading fiction based on false doctrine. And the truth is the princes of God will rule in the judgment. And a man shall be a hiding place from the wind and a covert from the tempest as rivers of water in a dry place and as a shadow of a great rock in a weary land, a great cornerstone. These men are the living temple and they're built upon the cornerstone who is the king of righteousness. And the Lord has appointed them to rule in the judgment. Numbers 24, verse 5. How godly are thy tents, O Jacob, and thy tabernacle, O Israel. God brought them forth out of Egypt. He has, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. They will devour the nations as enemies. And they will break their bones and pierce them through. At what point in the history of Israel did they devour the nations? He crouched this is verse 9, Numbers 24, verse 9. He crouched, Israel crouched, and lay down as a lion, and as a great lion, who will stir him up? Again, the metaphor of the Lion of Judah in the people of Israel. Blessed is he that blesses thee, and cursed is he that curseth thee. Even Ezekiel chapter 1, which if you guys haven't heard the Ezekiel teachings, go listen to them. It's a, the whirlwind that comes out of the north is the judgment of God, the enfolding fire, and creatures, living creatures, that have the appearance of a man, come forth out of the fire, and they're described as having four different faces. They have four different natures, one of which is the face of a man. But they also have the face of the Lion of Judah, and they have the face of an ox, the immutable, permanent will of God. They have the face of an eagle with the, the vision to see as the Spirit of God sees. And it's a picture of the anointed remnant. Revelation 10, verse 3. And he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. And when he cried, the seven thunders uttered their voices. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me that which is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth has been from of old and from everlasting. Notice Bethlehem is mentioned twice. Ephratah means fruitful, but it's another name from Bethlehem. And notice the going forth of the ruler in Israel is also from two time periods, both from old and from everlasting. And it's a prophetic shadow that the, the rule, the authority, the the rule of the judgment shall be given to the princes of Israel by commandment of the king, and they walking in the fullness of the anointing at the time of the end, being pictured as the 144,000. His 
going forth has been from of old, from the time of the forefathers, from the time of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob, and even from everlasting, which is the essence of the ministry of Jesus. And therefore he, the Lord, will give them up, Israel, to slavery, to their sin, to their rebellion, to their own way. You guys know anything about that? Ever had the Lord just kind of give you up? And, hey, you want to go do your thing? God's like, fine, do it. And let me know when you're done. And what a woeful thing that is. Anybody know what I'm talking about out there? The Lord turns you over to your own device, to your own invention, to, your, to the desires of your flesh. And oh, will you one day regret that decision. So he gave Israel up to their own way until the time that she which travails has brought forth the birth of the man-child. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return unto the children of Israel. That's the great second exodus, brethren. Hallelujah. Revelation 12.5 And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God. As soon as the anointed remnant, as soon as the 144,000 received the anointing without measure, it's a transformation. You know the Lord said to you, you must be born again. The Spirit goes wherever it wills. You hear the sound, but you don't know where it's going or where it came from. So the Spirit of God does in the kingdom of God whatever God wills. And it is the will of the Lord to redeem a company of people. First, the anointed remnant, which are the 144,000, the army of God. And they will be used to redeem the holy remnant who the Lord has chosen unto himself, that he would have a witness in the earth of people to thank him for his mercy, to worship him during the darkest hours. And the anointed ones will be used, the mighty ones will be used to deliver the remnant, to deliver the remnant of the woman. But first they are caught up unto God. They are literally translated into heaven just like Paul was translated into heaven. John was translated into heaven. This happens, people, okay? God can translate people into heaven when he wants to. He could do it to you. He could do it to me. And in Joel, verse, chapter 3, verse 11, the prophet writes, Assemble yourselves and come, all you heathen. Gather yourselves together. And the prophet Joel is talking to all the heathen armies. Bring your armies. Bring your tanks. Bring all your little weapons. Round about us. And there cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Lord. You see, the anointed remnant that is pictured is caught up to God. The 144,000 who are caught up unto God when they are born again totally their minds completely renewed, they are completely redeemed, they become the first fruits of the salvation of God, and now, having been completely saved, they are perfect before God. The mind of the flesh has been burned out over the many years of tears they've endured. They've been through fires you can't even imagine to prepare them for this time. And now, the only thing left in their heart is their love and their commitment for the Lord and for the people of God. And so the Lord pours out upon him an anointing without measure, the same anointing that was upon the man Jesus Christ, who is God Almighty in the flesh, but he was also the man Jesus Christ. 
a profound mystery, God in the flesh. A greater mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. An even more amazing mystery, the revelation of Jesus Christ as God Almighty and as the Lion of Judah in the 144,000 who are first translated into heaven. I will love to be there as 144,000 Israelite men who've been redeemed by the Lord are standing at attention before the throne of God in 12 armies, tribes, 12,000 strong. I wonder what the Lord will tell his army in the heavens before he causes them to come down. Now we know from the scripture that the abyss opens and the veil that separates the spirit world from the created world will be torn asunder and the demonic will pour out into the earth. Lucifer will possess the Antichrist. Powerful principalities will possess the false prophet in Rome. And the people whose names have not been written in the book of life, they too will become devil-possessed. And they will become as beasts, they will become as the demons that they serve. But the Lord also is coming. And he will cause his mighty ones to come down. Isaiah 13 is probably one of the most amazing prophecies of the Lion of Judah and the ministry of his people. Verse 3, I have commanded my sanctified ones. They are holy unto the Lord. They have been sanctified. They've been through the fire, and it has purified them. Their flesh, as it were, has been crucified. And now they are redeemed. I've also called my mighty ones for my anger. Their ministry is the anger of the Lord. Now, I know a lot of Gentile prophecy teachers held the, the idea that the 144,000 were going to be similar to Billy Graham. Well, it's, I don't even know how to comment on something like that other than to say that that's absurd and completely incorrect. The 144,000 were called for the anger of the Lord even they that rejoice in my highness, the noise of a multitude in the mountains, like a great people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations gathered together. The Lord of hosts, whenever God says the Lord of hosts, Adonai Tizvaot, it means the Lord of armies. God's saying, I'm a God who has armies. And I'm mustering my armies for the battle of the day of the Lord. And they come from a far country, Okay, the 144,000 are all over the world right now. They come from the end of heaven. Whoa, who could that be? In case you can't figure it out, the text tells you the answer. Even the Lord. They are part of the ministry of the Lord. And they are the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole earth. Okay, Billy Graham was not sent to destroy the entire earth. Billy Graham was not a weapon of indignation. Billy Graham did not have a ministry of the anger of the Lord. Billy Graham was not part of the 144,000. He was a Gentile evangelist. These are the weapons of the Lord's indignation. And they've come to destroy the whole earth. Howl ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand. This is the scripture, which is the title of the the book that I brought forth for the Lord, the day of the Lord is at hand. Isaiah 13, verse 6. And it shall come as destruction from the Almighty, 
Zechariah 10, verse 5, and they shall be as mighty men. Yeah. Wait till you see these guys in action. Who tread down their enemies as mire in the streets. It's going to be amazing. And they shall fight because the Lord is with them. And the riders on horses will be confounded. The men in the flesh who are using the power of the flesh, the technology of the flesh, they are going to be blown away. Psalm 112, verse 2. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Psalm 144 is a prophecy of the 144,000. Look at verse 5. Bow the heavens, O Lord, and come down. They come from the end of heaven, even the Lord. It's the Lord in these people. God coming in his people. Only now coming in the fullness of his power. As God, coming as a lion from the tribe of Judah to deliver his remnant and to then judge the whole earth. Bow the heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains, and they will burn. Cast forth your lightning and scatter your enemies. Shoot out your arrows and destroy them at once. Send a hand from above. Rid me and deliver me out of the great waters. Deliver me out of the nations out of the people of the earth, and from the hand of strange children, whose mouth speaks vanity, and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. I will sing a new song unto thee. This is in Psalm 144, you guys. Upon a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings will I praise thee. Isaiah 42, verse 13. The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He will stir up jealousy like a man of war. Yes, he will cry. He will roar. He shall prevail against his enemies. The Lord is not going to lose. When he comes forth as a man of war, he wins the war. He moves like lightning. Jeremiah 51. Every man is brutish in, by his knowledge. Every founder is confounded by the graven images he's created. In your knowledge of good and evil, the Bible says you're a brute. It means beast-like, ignorant, stupid. In our knowledge of good and evil, we've got nothing to offer. If it doesn't come forth by the anointing, the flesh profits nothing. They are vanity, the work of errors. And in the time of visitation, they will perish. I was thinking recently of all the teachers who teach all these various interpretations of Bible prophecy, which they all created in their head with their brutish knowledge and with their, their imagination, and the works they've created are all vanity and the work of errors. What reward do you get for teaching doctrines of devils in the church? What reward do you get for teaching fables and fictional accounts of Bible prophecy? What reward do you get for introducing error and deceiving and, and lying doctrines? I mean, these men were quick to run. They were quick to teach. No doubt they made millions of dollars selling these books that were read by everybody. But what reward will they receive from the Lord? In the time of visitation, they will perish. They're dead. But the portion of Jacob is not like them. He is the former of all things, and Israel is the rod of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Thou art my battle axe and weapon of war, says the Lord of Israel. 
and with thee, the 144,000, I will break in pieces the nations. You guys, you know, a lot of people are a little concerned about the judgment that's coming and about this, you know, great tribulation idea. And indeed, it's going to be a very terrible time if you are not saved and if you are a, you know, if you're walking in rebellion, if you're keeping, if you're playing the game of hide your sin, this is going to be a really tough time. But if you're part of the remnant, it's not. But the Lord speaks of the people, and he says, you're my battle axe and weapon of war. With you, I will break in pieces the nations. In the time that is ahead of us, the Lord is going to be breaking nations. And with you, I will destroy kingdoms. And with you, I will break in pieces the horse and the rider, the chariot and the rider. And the Lord goes on. And I will render unto Babylon and the inhabitants of Chaldea judgment for all of the evil they have done in Zion. Micah chapter 5, verse 8. And the remnant of Jacob. Okay, when the scriptures referencing Israel as Jacob, the Bible is telling us to think of them in the flesh. Israel in the flesh is Jacob. Israel, having been redeemed in the spirit, is referred to as Israel. Here, the remnant of the people who are yet in the flesh, they'll be among the Gentiles in the midst of many people as a lion among the beasts of the forest and as a young lion among flocks of sheep. And if you read the text in Hebrew, it actually reads sheep or goats. So the anointed remnant, Micah chapter 5, verse 8, the anointed remnant will be among the Gentiles and they'll be in the midst of many people. They're going to be all over the earth, you guys. When the anointing comes upon them, and when the Lord causes them to come back down, they will be all over the earth among many, many people. And the scripture says they will be as a lion among the flocks of sheep or goats, who, if they go through, both can tread down and tear into pieces, and none can deliver from their hand. And their hand shall be lifted up against their enemies, and all their enemies shall be cut off by God. So, the Lion of Judah, when he comes, when he comes in his people, shall be among the Gentiles in the midst of many people, in the midst of an anointed remnant. The people shall rise up as a great lion. And when they come, they're going to come among the people of the earth who are pictured as either sheep or goats. Have you ever seen a, a herd of goats attempt to fight a pride of young lions? You know, picture it. It's, this doesn't last long. And the lions always prevail. The goats cannot defeat the lions. And the sheep, they don't have to worry because the lion of Judah is coming to protect the sheep who the goats were planning on overthrowing. But they're going to be really surprised when they capture some of the sheep and they find out they actually captured the Lion of Judah. It's going to be a bad day in Babylon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isaiah 12. And in that day you will say, O oh Lord, I will praise you. Though you were angry with me, 
Thy anger is turned away, and you comfort me now. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah has become my strength and my song, and he also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy you shall draw water out of the well of salvation, and in that day you shall say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he's done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One in the midst of thee. For the Lord, this is Isaiah 14, verse 1 through 7, for the Lord will have mercy on Jacob, and he will yet choose Israel, and he will set them again in their own land. And strangers shall join unto them, and they will cleave to the house of Jacob. And the people shall take them and bring them to their place. And the house of Israel will possess them in the land of the Lord for servants and handmaids. I described this in one of the prior programs where the people bowed and said, I'm your servant. Only take me with you. And they shall take them captive, whose captives they were. And it will come to pass in that day that the Lord will give you rest from your sorrow and from all of your fears and from the hard bondage in which you were made to serve. So the remnant are going to be brought to a place where they will enter into their rest. And you shall take up this proverb against the kingdom of Babylon. How has the oppressing nation ceased? How has the golden city ceased? The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers who smote the people in wrath with a continual stroke. He that ruled the nations in anger is persecuted and none hinders him. For the whole earth is at rest and is quiet, and they break forth into singing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Zechariah 3, And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord that has chosen Yerushalayim, rebuke thee. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? Joshua was clothed with filthy garments, and he stood before the angel. This is a picture of Israel in, in this time of spiritual captivity at the end of the age, still clothed in filthy garments, though having been restored as a nation, not yet delivered from their iniquity. And, and is that not a picture of the church today? Are not the people of God in the same place spiritually? If you have eyes to see and if you can discern the truth, the people of God are in captivity spiritually to the same sin nature that has overcome much of the church. I mean, the false prophets came, the false teachers came, the false doctrines came, the false anointing came, the false deliverance came. And what was the end result of all of this error, demons overrunning the congregations? The people were left in ruin, all of them snared, having fallen and been snared and been taken. So too the church is in a time of spiritual captivity, clothed with filthy garments. But the Lord is about to rebuke Satan. 
Lord commanded that Joshua's garments be changed and that the robes of the priest and the robes of the righteous king be placed upon him. So too the Lord is going to change the garments of his people even as he changes and transforms the 144,000 into the vessel of his ministry. So too he will redeem the remnant delivering them from the mind of the flesh and from all of the bondages of the enemy, restoring unto them the fullness of their salvation. And in verse 8 we read, Hear now, Joshua, my high priest, you and the fellows that are before you, you are men to be wondered at. For behold, I'm bringing forth my servant the branch. Behold, the stone that I've laid before Joshua, upon one stone shall be seven eyes, and I will engrave the graving thereof, says the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of the land in one day. A day is coming that the Lord has appointed to remove the iniquity of his people and to redeem them from spiritual slavery. And it's not just Israel, which has been redeemed as a nation, who are the descendants of his friend Abraham, but it's all of the people of God who've been grafted in, who've been born again into the nature of Jesus. For all of them, a day is coming for those who have been chosen to be among the remnant. The day is coming soon where the iniquity will be removed in one day. Praise God. Praying that day, Lord. Zechariah 6, verse 12. And speak unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, the man whose name is the branch, he will grow up out of his place. You guys who've listened to some of my prior teachings, you know that word, his place in this Hebrew text, is the word takat in Hebrew, and it means from the lowest place. It actually means the place of ruin. It's the valley of dry bones. It's the place of utter emptiness. It's the place without any hope at all. The anointed remnant and the and the the remnant of the Lord that are being saved in this time, they're the people who came out of the lowest place. They're not the great people. Hey, all the good people are in the church of Laodicea. And they're drinking and partying, and they're filling their face with the pleasures of Babylon, and they're rich, and they're in need of nothing, and they don't want to hear any of what we have to say. Because we're here to warn them that the judgment of God is about to begin. They don't want the judgment of God to come. They're wealthy. They're in need of nothing. They love it here in Babylon. And they're praying God would bless Babylon and that it would continue so they could continue to enjoy the pleasures of their flesh. And they turn a blind eye to the murder of the babies that are being chopped up and burned in the fire. And then their little baby parts are being sold to the pharmaceutical companies who are using their stem cell strains to manufacture vaccinations. And so when you go get your flu shot, you're having the DNA of murdered babies injected into your body. So don't do that, church. Don't inject unclean things into your body. This is a violation of the commandment of your God. Don't turn to the witch doctors for the things that pertain to life. 
the people who know their God turn to the Lord. Let the wicked turn to the damned. But in one day, the iniquity will be removed. And this picture of he will grow up out of his place. He came from the very bottom, from the loss of all things. The life of Job is a picture of what this word means. Having lost everything, having been forsaken, having lost his health, having lost all of his property, having lost his children. And the only friends he has standing there to accuse him, that he was afflicted by God and judged for some secret sin. That's the place where the anointed remnant come forth. And he shall build the temple of the Lord, having been emptied out, and now prepared, they're ready to be used in the service of the king. Because the ones who've been chosen to be part of the ministry of Jesus Christ, their flesh must first be consumed as a sacrifice on the brazen altar that burns in the heavens before the Lord, that they could be brought to the end of themselves. And the very first thing that the fire of God's purging judgment has done is it's brought the end of the mind of the flesh in the anointed remnant. They've been brought out from the love of Babylon. They no longer desire the pleasures of Babylon. They have no love for the wealth that is in her hand. Their hearts are turned to Zion, and they faithfully wait for the Lord. And it is of them that the Lord says, Behold, it is my people. And they will declare, The Lord is my God. And they will be among the living temple that will be rebuilt in this hour, and they will bear the glory of the Lord, and we will be invited to sit and rule upon his throne, and the council of peace will be between us and the Lord. With the iniquity having been removed, the people of the remnant will now be holy unto the Lord, and so the Lord will be pleased to come and dwell in the midst of the camp. No longer on the outside of the church of Laodicea, knocking on the door, seeing if anyone will open up. But no, now coming into the midst of the people and into the midst of the camp of the righteous. And the presence of the Lord will be glorious. And the peace of the Lord is beyond understanding. There are no words to describe what it is like in the camp of the righteous. All I can say to you is there is no sin worthy to keep you from entering in. There's nothing worth keeping to, that would cause you to miss being part of this movement of God in this time. But alas, wisdom is vindicated by her children. So it shall be. Yes. Zechariah 6, verse 14. And crowns will be given unto them for a memorial in the temple of the Lord. And they that are far off will come and build. And you will know that the Lord has sent me unto you. And this will come to pass in each of our lives if you will diligently learn to obey the voice of the Lord your God. Zechariah 12, verse 6. And in that day I will make the governors of Judah like a hearth of fire among the wood. Of course, the nations of the world are pictured as trees that have dried out, for there's been no water, no living water poured out on the flesh. So the people of the earth are all dry, kindling branches, 
fruitless and broken off. They are prepared for the fire, and now the governors of Judah will be like a burning torch among the wood, and like a torch of fire in a sheath that is dry. And they will devour the people round about them on the right hand and on the left, and Jerusalem will be inhabited again in her own place. Verse 8, And in that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and he that is feeble among them shall be as David, and the house of David shall be as God Almighty and as the angel of the Lord before him. Look what the text is saying. Among the anointed remnant, the feeblest, the weakest, will be as mighty as King David in battle. And the actual house of David, which is the true royalty, these are the ones walking in the authority of the Lord, they will be as God. Well, how is that possible? Because the Lion of Judah is with them. If you can receive it, he is in them. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is going to become the Lion of Judah, who has come within us, the judge of eternity and the deliverer of his nation. And of them, of the anointed remnant, the delivered remnant, the, the scripture speaks in Isaiah 35, the wilderness shall rejoice for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose, and it will blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing and the glory of Lebanon shall be given under the wilderness, and the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. These are the most beautiful parts of the country of Israel. They will be blooming in the desert, in the wilderness, and you will see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God, and it will be upon the foreheads of the people who have been redeemed. Therefore, strengthen your hands and confirm your feeble knees. And I say unto you who have a fearful heart, be strong and fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Your God is coming with a recompense, and he is coming to save you. And then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped, and the lame will leap and the tongue of the dumb will sing, and in the wilderness water will break out, and streams in the desert, parched ground will be a pool, and a highway will be there, and a way, a straight and narrow way, and it shall be called the way of holiness, and the unclean shall not walk therein, for it shall be for those only who are the wayfaring ones, and the fools they shall not enter therein either. I would venture to, to suggest to you that anyone who is teaching the Bible today out of the knowledge of good and evil and based on their own understanding, thinking they can figure out the meaning of these mysteries which were sealed into the scroll that is in the hand of Jesus Christ, probably qualifies as a fool. For the scripture says, if any man speak in this hour, let him speak as an oracle of God, in absolutely perfect authority. And the scripture also declares, let all flesh be silent now. My opinion, your opinion, means nothing. We need to know the word of God, we need to know the will of God, and we need to know what to do to redeem the time, for the days are truly evil. There shall be no lion there, 
and that's a reference to the Antichrist, the head of a lion, or any ravenous beast. For the redeemed of the Lord shall walk therein, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come with Zion. They'll come to Zion with songs. Now, some will say the reference to the eyes of the blind opening in Isaiah 35, 5 speaks to the very first ministry of Jesus as Lamb of God, and indeed it does. But those of you who, who've been listening for a while, you, you've learned, you understand prophecy repeats and is fulfilled twice. This will be happening again, friends. The miracles, the greater works, which the Lord prophesied, he said, you know, you will one day do greater works than I have ever done. That has not happened yet. For 2,000 years, nobody has topped the, minute, the miracles that the Lord has done. It's never happened. In reality, very few could even in most congregations, there are no miracles at all. There's just men teaching out of the knowledge of good and evil. Under the Hellenistic model of, you know, my knowledge is greater than yours. And, and you know, and, and the mark of, of a true evangelist is someone who can argue and convince someone that, you know, my interpretation is better than yours. <laughs> As if my opinion is better than yours. It's the mark of the Hellenist and the that doctrine, that whole theology based on the knowledge of good and evil came right out of hell itself. So enough of the Hellenists. They won't be found on the way of holiness. For the fools will not enter in, nor will the ravenous beasts, for only the redeemed of the Lord shall walk therein, and the ransom of the Lord will return. This didn't happen in the time of Jesus' first ministry. And they will come to Zion with songs, and everlasting joy upon their heads, and they will obtain joy and gladness. And sorrow and sighing, sighing shall flee away. Behold, the Lord will come. Isaiah 40, verse 10. The Lord is coming with a strong hand. That hand is the 144,000. And his arm shall rule with him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work is before him. Well, praise God. The Lord is going to keep every promise that he made. We need to humble ourselves. We need to pray without ceasing that we might be counted worthy to be among this remnant. We need to come out from among them and be separate. And learn to touch not the unclean thing. Devote ourselves to prayer and to the reading of scriptures. And to make ready for the time truly is upon us. The fullness of time has come. And the Lord is about to do these things in the earth. And I'm blessed to have been able to spend this time with you guys. And, and it's been a blessing to be able to bring these messages on Remnant Call. And Brother Frank, thank you so much for, for all that you've done, brother. You've been such a blessing to me, to, in so many ways, Frank. I, I thank the Lord for you and for all that you've done. And you know, we'll see what um, the Lord calls for us to do going forward. You know, in a very real sense, this message is sort of the culmination of what I've received from the Lord. And, you know, we, we will see shortly whether the 70 years of captivity of Israel and the 70-year reign of Babylon, in, in fact, is going to be fulfilled again a second time literally, 
And if so, 2018 proves to be a very, very interesting year. And for the people of God, it'll be a good year because our deliverance has come. And for the people of Babylon, it'll probably be the last year. And in the end, it'll turn out to be a very bad year. So to them, you know, I would just bid them to repent while there is mm. yet time. So, Frank, God bless you. Thank you for uh, letting yeah. me teach these messages. Appreciate it, Benjamin. Rarely uh, is there a program where I'm actually underlining my Bible while the person is on here as a guest. So thank you, brother, for that. Um, folks, closing out here, the Lord has a word for us in this hour, which you've heard things from Brother Benjamin, but... There are some instructions, and in Isaiah, or excuse me, in Psalm 34, the Lord says this, it says, Come ye children, hearken unto me, I will teach you to fear the Lord. This is what he says. The man is he that desire, what man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and that's so many people right now. And the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but he, but the Lord delivereth them, him out of them all. Folks, God hears your cry. The remnant are a broken people. It's not always an easy walk. It's not always going to be just, you know, flowers and pancakes and great, you know, fruit toppings on them. It is a serious thing we call this walk with Jesus. But God is preparing us for the time ahead. It says, don't worry. The wicked, his face are completely against them. His concern is about his remnant, his people. And anybody who desires to walk with the Lord can be a part of the remnant. You don't have to come from a great line of prophets or be bloodline of a literal Israelite. The Bible says that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you will give your heart to him, that the Lord is faithful to save us. God is in the business. Of, it's, he's so amazing that he doesn't even like destroying the wicked who deserve it. He wants to save. And when someone, when none of his children come, oh, when his children cry out, the Bible says that if the Lord needs to, he saddles cherubs and comes down and rains the heavens and the, brings them down on top of the wicked. That's the kind of God we serve, and we're going to see his power in these last days. So, folks, don't get worried. Don't get afraid. As Brother Benjamin said, God has a deliverance plan for the remnant. And he needs us to be about his business. We still have work to do. There are many people that need to hear this good news. And there are many of you that have been struggling. To, you, maybe you've been afraid to share with somebody. Folks, what, what's the worst someone can say? No? 
Oh, folks, stand up. Share this good news. People need deliverance. They need to know that God loves them, and he's got a plan, and he's going to save them, and he said he would never leave them nor forsake them in this last hour. They can have confidence moving toward to the end that the Lord will be here to deliver just as he said he would. Benjamin, thank you for sharing these messages. Yes, folks, there is a second exodus coming. Yes, the Lion of the tribe of Judah has a second ministry that's coming, and he's going to be working through his people. And folks, yes, I know there's the 144,000, and there's also a great multitude. God is not, there's not only 144,000, there are more, and we've got to be about saving souls for the kingdom in this hour. So folks, please, Get in your prayer closet. Do what Brother Benjamin has said. You know, wait time to fast and pray. Don't wait till tomorrow. It is always too late. Do it today. So, Benjamin, thank you. May God bless you. Thank you for coming even when you didn't feel like it to the remnant call and being part of these last four messages, brother. I just wish and pray God's blessing upon you and everything in your home and your children. Well, amen. Hey, Frank, call me. I need to talk to you for one moment when, we're, when you're done. I will. Brothers and sisters out there, this is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin from the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Oh, it's